The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church and is part of our series in the book of 1 Corinthians. For more information about our church, for more sermon audio, or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. If you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians, we're going to be starting in chapter 3. What I love about this text is no matter who you are, where you come from, this text is for you. This is for you. There is something here for every one of of us. My hope is, uh, through this, in some really tangible ways, to be able to help all of us be honest with where we are and to take step towards towards growth. That's That's my hope for us. Uh, this morning. So to that end, let's look right in verse in verse one. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. So just context here, Paul is looking back. Remember, in, in Acts 18, Paul helps plant this church in Corinth. He's looking back at those moments when there was no church, gospel had not taken root, and then through the work of the Spirit, through the proclamation of the gospel, all of a sudden a church is planted and people's hearts are changed. Paul cares for this church deeply and he thinks back on those moments and he says, back then you weren't ready for, for you needed milk, you were infants in the faith. You, the gospel had just taken root. It had just taken root. You were babies in the faith. And hear me, this was not an indictment. Paul is not condemning them for being babies. They were babies, right? They had just come to faith in Christ. Um, The gospel had just taken root. And then listen, verse two, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Babies need milk, right? 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 Babies need milk. It, 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 this is not an indictment. This is not Paul saying, these babies needing milk, right? It, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong. There is no shame with giving babies milk. In fact, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. It's what they need to develop. In these early days, as Paul was proclaiming the gospel there, he was was dealing with infants in the faith. He was presenting them with milk, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is not an indictment yet. Then he turns the corner. In the second part of verse 2, he says, And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh, For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving, listen to this phrase, he uses it twice, only in a human way. Verse four, for when one says I follow, um, for one says I follow Paul, another um, I follow Apollos, are you not being, here it is again, merely human? So Paul looks at this church and something discourages him. He looks at a church who has not grown. They're still not ready. They have not progressed. They were still of the flesh. They were still, as Paul says, infants, which time out. Church, this is why it is so essential for a church to um, focus on discipleship. 
to help people grow in their faith. Because if not, we have what is here. We just don't grow and we don't get out of diapers. See, it's normal for infants to be rocking diapers. It's not great when adults are. And this is why discipleship is such an important part. I know that's vivid imagery, but um, this is why discipleship is so important to take us from where we are and to move us forward. Now, Paul gives us two symptoms of, I'll just say, immaturity. Two symptoms of immaturity right off the bat. The first one is is broken relationships. We see jealousy and strife. Verse three, while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? So these people were called out, called under Christ to be one community, one fellowship, Um, But Paul says there is jealousy and strife. There are broken relationships. Broken relationships. Paul says this is not a symptom of growth. This is a symptom of being an infant in the faith. And so here's the reality. Our maturity, or I guess lack thereof, our immaturity, will manifest itself in our relationships. Symptom number one. Our immaturity will manifest itself in our relationships. Paul says, look around. Look around. They're connected. The first symptom is broken relationships. The second symptom is similar. Our immaturity will also cause unnecessary divisions in the church. So Paul looks at this church, and not only is there jealousy and strife, but in verse 4, he says, some of you are saying, I follow Paul, others I follow Paulus. Are you not being merely human? So a couple weeks ago, we talked about this this thing called tribalism. And, And tribalism, what it is, is it's speaking to the fact that all of us, no matter who we are, are created to want to belong we want to find a group that we say they're, they're mine and I'm theirs. We're created to want to fit in. We love our brands. We love our teams. We love our people. We love our communities. We, we want to belong. We are tribal. And we bring this tribalism into the church, which is not a bad thing. It's how we were created. And, and however, it gets perverted. Because whereas we could be uniting under the tribe of Jesus Christ and having unity under him, grounded in our faith, we can instead let tribalism divide us as a church. We can let it divide us. I follow this guy. Yeah, well, I'm in this camp. Yeah, well, my church is way better than yours, right? It's tribalism within the family, and it's broken. It breaks us, us down. See, Christian tribalism, it can unite us under Christ, which is phenomenal, which is good, but one of the signs of immaturity is seen when we're more loyal to a person, to a camp, to a brand, to anything, than we are to the scriptures, than we are to Jesus Christ. This is a sign of, of, of immaturity is when we divide ourselves based on our own personal preferences. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? Let's talk about that merely human. This is a direct reference back to chapter two, where where Paul here is talking about the natural, 
and the spiritual man. The natural, the spiritual. Paul says that this is not, that this behavior, this jealousy, this strife, this petty tribalism is, is these are marks of the natural man. Not marks of the spiritual man. Not marks of spiritual maturity. These are symptoms of immaturity. That's what Paul is highlighting here. These are signs of infancy. And so here, Paul sees these people. He sees them. He sees where they are. And I need you to hear me. Then he says, your maturity and your diet are linked. So he looks at their maturity, and that's going to dictate their diet, right? It's going to dictate their diet. You're not ready. So infants, we said this, need milk. They need milk. It helps them grow. It helps them progress. It gives them all the nutrients, all of the, everything they need is right there. Now, as an adult, we need more than that. We need to consume whole foods. We need something that it maybe requires us to chew, right? We need, we need to grow beyond that. No one would argue that an adult should still be breastfeeding. And no one would argue that a newborn should be eating steaks. Because our maturity and our diet are linked. They're, they're linked. Our physical maturity is linked to our physical diet. And Paul here says the same is true for us spiritually. That our spiritual maturity is linked to our spiritual diet. And herein lies the problem. At the beginning, we asked, I guess I asked, where are you in your maturity, in your walk with the Lord? Where are you in your maturity in the faith? Herein lies the problem. What if we don't know where we are? What if we don't know where we are? What if we're, what if we're still being content with milk when we should progress? See, again, it's much easier to assess where we are physically than it is for us to assess where we are spiritually. Where are you and what should your diet consist of? What should you be eating? See, Paul looks at this church and he says, you are still infants, you still need milk. You need that in order to grow and to develop. Um, We're struggling sometimes not feeding ourselves correctly because we don't know how, we don't know where we are. We, we assume, again, going back to the beginning, that salvation, mature. When in, the reality, in reality, there is a progression, a journey uh, that, we, that we are on. Our maturity is linked to our diet. So here's what I want to do this morning. Um, I, I want to break this down a little bit for us, and I want to bring it into our context today. Uh, and here's my goal. I want to help us better assess where we are in the faith. I want to help us better understand where we, where we are, where we find ourselves. And I want us to be able to better assess what we need to be doing to continue to grow, continue to move forward. Now, um, there are there's so many resources for this. Uh, as, as, as people have, have written about what the scriptures say about growth and discipleship, I brought some. I'd be happy to give you a copy if you, these are some of my favorites. Um, there are so much here. 
And, and this is really scratching the surface, but what my hope is is that it's going to give us a little bit of a frame of reference um, for us as we move forward. So let's start, um, let's start at the very beginning and let's start with birth. Uh, birth. This is where dead things become alive things, right? This is where dead things become alive. This is when we who are dead in our sins, who do not believe the good news of Christ, God being rich in mercy, sending his son to die for us, stepping into human history, living a perfect life, dying the death, conquering death, rising again. This is where we go from unbelief, thinking the gospel makes no difference whatsoever to all of a sudden our eyes being opened by the Spirit of God, being transformed to believing and seeing how beautiful and how incredible, how true our gospel message is. This is birth. When God transforms us from the inside out, when we come from death to life. Church, it starts here. It, it must start here. Um, dead things don't grow and mature. That's the business of things that are alive. Um, it has to start here. If we try to mature without first having our eyes open to the gospel, it is legalism at best. It has to start here. And in this stage, we are transformed by the gospel. In this stage, death to life, in the birth stage, we are absolutely radically transformed by the gospel. Now, in each one of these stages, what I wanted to do is, is to provide some maybe some, some questions or some thoughts that if you are in this stage, you might be wrestling with. These, this is by no means comprehensive but it'll get our minds, I think, moving in this direction. How about this? Is, is this Christian thing real? Is it for me? Can I really know God? Is the Bible, isn't the Bible just a book of myths? Doesn't evolution take away our need for God? And, and more than that, is this whole God thing a crutch? Aren't there many ways for us to get to God? I mean, I think I'm a good person. I mean, I'm in church that has to be a, a good thing. Is there absolute truth? Is there absolute authority? Authority? Is there an absolute right or wrong? Is there a way to know it absolutely? Right? What's going to happen to me when I die? And can I ever really even know? If this is you, and you're in this place this morning, if this is describing you, you need you need the gospel. You need to hear it. You need to see it lived out in front of you. You need to hear it preached and proclaimed. Um, and by the way, if this is you, I want you to know that you are welcome here. You are always welcome here to, to, to hear, to connect with us. I want to read to you something. Ephesians 2 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom 
we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. He's describing right here. He's describing death before birth. And then verse four, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Here's my point, is that God is in the business of making things that were dead alive. He, this is his work, and praise God for that church. It starts, it starts here. Now let's move forward one, and um, let's look at infancy. Let's look at infancy, and I believe that there are many in the American church that are in this stage. I believe that we have many in our church that are also in this stage. Um, and my hope and prayer is that there will always be people here who are in this stage. This is an exciting stage. Um, and by the way, it has nothing to do with your age. I'm just going to say that. This applies to all of them, all right? Um, this stage is, is really for those who have responded to the gospel. The Spirit's opened your heart, and you see, and you respond to the gospel. You believe. You identify as a Christian. You are no longer dead. You are alive forever and ever. Praise God. This is you. This, this describes you. And at the same time, you're here, and maybe you just aren't sure what the Bible says about a lot of the things about life, about himself, about your purpose. Um, maybe... You're here and there's a frustration toward people in the church or the church in general. Uh, you, you, you have this unrealistic expectation that once you become a Christian, you should be good and should be, you don't want to use the word perfect because we know we're not perfect, but you should be good. And you look and you see uh, Christians make mistakes and you're struggling to show grace. This is a sign of this. This is a characteristic of this stage. Um, you may have the tendency to look kind of worldly at times, um, where you look like the world around us. Maybe you even take what the world believes and you hold it here and you sprinkle a little Jesus and spirit on it, right? Right? This is characteristic of this stage because it's what you know and you take it and you, you believe in Jesus and so you... Um, I've even seen many in this stage who, who've accidentally, this is not intentional, will mix the beliefs of other world religions because they sound good into what we believe as, as Christians. And um, again, as we've talked about over the last couple weeks in this church, that is exactly what they're doing. This is exactly what the church in Corinth is doing. Paul's assessment is spot on. So let me give you some thoughts, and maybe you're wrestling with, if you're in this stage. Um, here's some thoughts that might be characteristic. I believe in Jesus, but why do I need this church thing? Can't I do church alone in the woods? Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Because there's people there that are broken, um, I don't need to be in community to be a Christian, right? I, I don't, I need Jesus. 
I don't need this whole to be known by other people and to know it. People are painful. And besides, I don't have a lot of time for this. Um, my spouse is my accountability partner. I don't really need anyone else, and I don't have time for it. These are characteristic thoughts of, of someone who might be in this stage. And if you're here and you're in this place, you're a spiritual infant, I want to say it again. You are welcome here. You will always be welcome here. I am glad you're here, and I want to, to be here for you. And, and if you're here and you're in this place, I want to give you, like I said, maturity's linked to diet. So here's your diet. Here's what we need. Are you ready? You need the simple truth of the gospel. The simple truth of the gospel. You need to hear it preached. You need to be in the word of God to hear him speak. Here's one of the things about infants. They don't self-feed. They don't self-feed. They need help. They need help learning how to feed themselves. It's a wonderful day when your kids pick up food and eat for the first time. It's wonderful. But some of us are not there yet. But not only does the gospel transform us, church, it sustains us. We are sustained by the gospel and in infancy. But if I could help you, I would say get a mentor. Get someone who has been uh, where you want to be, and, and because maybe you're not the best at self-feeding yet, get around someone who can help you, who can show you the way, and, 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 and there's no shame in this. There's no shame in infants having parents. There's no shame in that. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of growth, and it is the way you are designed to function. This is not in this creepy spiritual parent way, all right? This is that you need someone who can show you what it looks like and to self-feed and to walk after Jesus. Um, this is a time when you, you focus on, on healthy spiritual habits. Healthy spiritual habits. This is a time when you need to see the joy that others have in following Jesus. When you look and you see maybe someone who is a, a little bit more mature, who goes through something difficult in life, and you see them have this unshakable joy, that marks you. It marks you. And this is what you need to put yourself around people that you can see this and see them seeking after Christ and living for his glory and not their own. Um, you need to be in a community to see that. Let me say this one more thing, and this is obvious, but an isolated infant is a dangerous thing. It is, it is dangerous. An isolated, if you're here and you are an infant in the faith, do not isolate yourself. Do not isolate yourself. The same gospel that transforms your heart to go from death to life is the same gospel that will sustain you as an infant in the faith. This is... This is the gospel. This is infancy. And let's move forward one step now into childhood. Um, there are many of us who are probably in this stage. Um, many of us here. This is an important stage, by the way. Uh, in this stage, you're stepping out of the infant stage. You're learning what it means to feed. You're getting connected with people in relationship. You're letting people in. You're starting to let people in. Right? Um, you're starting to get involved. Uh, there's, there is this enthusiasm about some of the new teachings you're hearing and some of um, 
the new things you're learning. There's this excitement. Um, on the flip side of this is you probably know more about what Christians say about the Bible than what the Bible says about the Bible, but you're new and, and you're excited. There is a vibrant, I remember seeing this in first year Bible college. You, you see, I was one of them. You're just, you're passionate. Like there's a reckless passion, just a reckless black and white, even on complex issues. It's no black and white. We need, there's this passion that you can have. There is an excitement. This is a wonderful, wonderful season of growth. But there are areas where there might need to be some growth. One of these is stability. In this stage, there's a heightened sense of feelings and you have these highs and lows. Maybe you're here right now and that describes you. Um, you're in a stage where you are just sucking in all of this new, these new things and you're loving it, but you're having a hard time applying it. That's also something that you might be struggling with. Also, let me just say this, no parent on the face of the planet has ever had to teach their kid the word mine comes pre-installed in them. They know how to be selfish and they're very good at it. Children in the faith can be very selfish. Um, children will serve in ministry as long as the benefits outweigh the cost. Children will look for the things and ways that they can get things out of serving. They, they look, sometimes they do the right things, but for the wrong reasons. This is a part of growing up. It's a part of growing up. It may be, here are some thoughts that flood your mind. Um, our group is full and it's awesome. I don't wanna add anyone else. I'm looking for another church because this one has just changed too much with all these New people, this church is not taking care of my needs. There's no one even discipling me or pouring into me. Why doesn't everyone get as passionate as I do about Calvinism? I just don't understand, right? That one hit, that one hit. I don't like the music today. If they'd only do this or if they would only do that, um, I'm not being fed. I don't know about you, but I've been here. I've, I, I'm here Often, some of us are in this stage and we're in the childhood stage. Some of us just act childish from time to time. I get that. Um, but in this stage, there is a beauty, there is a wonder, there is an excitement. And there are also things that we need to do to grow. And when it comes down to it, it comes down to us growing in our understanding of the gospel. Because the gospel is not just about you. In this stage, we are connected by the gospel. Spiritual children need to learn that they are a part of a bigger family. They're a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. We are a part, we, we need to learn who we are in Christ. We need to learn how we're specifically gifted. And we need to figure out how we can immerse ourselves and selflessly give in a way that's not about us, but in a way that's about them and about him. This is what we, what we need to see. Sometimes spiritual children need to learn something about timing as well. Sometimes you're here, you have all the skills in the world, you have passion coming out of your ears, excitement, and you, you are going to do incredible things for the Lord. But before you lead, you must follow. 
You must grow, mature, and connect. This is about growing in our understanding of the gospel in every one of these seasons. Let's look at the next one. After birth, infancy, childhood, there comes adulthood. Now, I'll define this as young adulthood, all right? Young adulthood. Um, In this stage, there's a desire to serve others, and it's legitimately for their good. There's, for the first time, it's wonderful how when, when many of us get to this stage, for the first time ever, you feel a weight and a burden to share your faith. Because all of a sudden, it starts to turn out from us, and it's not about us. There's a passion for ministry in the church, um, for, for our role in the church. Um, there could be some assumptions that everyone else has arrived at adulthood, too, so there might be some impatience there. Um, but you are, you're, you're beginning to see a bigger picture, some of the things that might flood your mind if you're in this stage. I love my group. But you know what? There's others who might need to lead a group like this so that more people can get involved. Maybe I could potentially lead with some help. I have some people in my life that I've been just sharing life with, and wouldn't it be great to start a group for them? See, so you're seeing things turning out and looking out of yourself. Look at the new faces in church today. Isn't this incredible? Because the gospel is spreading. It's a different way of looking. I didn't see Tommy today. I should reach out to him and see how he's doing. I have a passion for getting out and scattering in our community. Maybe I can help organize a project. I want to begin discipling someone. I might need some help. I wonder how to do this. How do I start? If you're here in this place and and you're in this stage, here's what you need to understand. You are empowered by the gospel. You are empowered by the gospel. You need to find your place to fit and to serve. You need to be plugged in. You need also a discipleship relationship. Someone who you're pouring into and someone pouring into you. You need to be engaged in this. Um, You might need some help really identifying your spiritual gifts and putting them to use for the good of of the body. Um, In this stage, I would recommend you placing yourself under the leadership of someone in your life that is where you want to be in the church. Serve under them, beside them, grow from them, take opportunities to lead and to serve. Um... If this is you, there's this, there's this switch where you start to begin to understand that the gospel not only transforms you, but now you're called to be a disciple maker. What a calling is that? In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There's the new birth again. All of this is from God. Listen to this. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And get this gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to reconcile. When when we get to this this stage, we start to see this, what a calling this is. And church, you are empowered. You have everything in you through the spirit of God to accomplish all that he has put in front of you to accomplish. And in this stage, we grab onto that. Let's move one more. 
parenthood. Spiritual parents. Now, just as there are no perfect parents among us in the room, I guarantee it. Um, There are no perfect parents. Parents will fail. This is not a trajectory toward perfection, right? That we're not going to arrive at perfection until that moment we stand before Jesus one day. We're not saying that once you arrived here, you're you're perfect. Um, However, having said that, the Bible does paint this picture for us of what spiritual growth in our walk um, looks like and how daily growth and maturity should should happen. It's sanctification. It, it, the Bible paints this picture. Um, and this is what it is about. So as a spiritual parent, here's the biggest mind shift that happens in your heart. Your, your, your mindset shifts to coach. To, to not just think in terms of what, what you can accomplish, but what the team could accomplish. You, you, you start to really lose sleep at night because you want to develop other people. You have a heart for people and you want to release them. You're discipling people. You're looking for, for, for those who are in, in younger stages than you. You're looking for them so that you can pour into them. You're, you're thinking about this. It's motivating you. you. You are in prayer for others. You're actively engaged in, in, in teaching others what the Bible has to say about life. You're looking uh, to get people plugged in into places in church. You're taking ownership of the discipleship that is happening in your home. You're owning it. You're owning it because you're, 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 you're shifting in your mindset. You actively look for needs and places to serve, and you stepped in, not based on what you can get out of it, but what you can give you're in this stage, uh, listen, we become agents of multiplication for the gospel. We become agents of multiplication for the gospel. And, and I believe that Stone Oak Bible Church has been blessed with some people who are in this stage. We wouldn't be where we are today without people who, who God has brought to our church that are, that are in this stage, who are pouring into people in this room, pouring into myself. Uh, if this is you, hear me. We need you here, church. We need you here. We, we have babies and, and, um, and children, and we need you. This church needs you to multiply yourself. Without it, we don't grow. We need you. This is the pathway to maturity. And listen, I just have a few clarifications that we need to see as we close. Um, one, we all have bad days. Okay? We, um, physically, I'm a parent. But there are some days I act like a child. Right? Don't judge me. Um, we have bad days. We all have bad days. The same is true for us spiritually, and this is why grace is essential and foundational to our faith. This is not a journey toward legalistic perfection. This is us growing in our love and our joy of following after Jesus Christ, and we have bad days doing it. Number two is maturity is not a contest, and I know some of you are highly competitive. This is going to be a hard one for you to, to swallow, but growth and maturity is about a process and a journey, not a destination. It's about this journey that we're on. Um, 
let us never get into this comparison thing. Just think of how ridiculous it is to think that maybe God loves um, parents and adults more than children and infants. Like, that's ridiculous. That's not true. Well, that's, we've got to get that in our mind. We've got to come to grips and be honest and confident in the stage that we are in today, knowing that God loves you and his approval of you is not based on your current maturity level. We grow in our maturity because we love him and it's a joy. It is not based on us earning merit or us earning anything from him. It's not a contest. Number three, we need to be honest with ourselves. Too often we set expectations for ourselves that are unfair. Too often we see an infant and we say, here, have a ribeye. And we get upset when they can't digest it. We need to have to look at where we are and, and, and be honest with ourselves, and be honest with, with others so that we can take steps to grow. We need to be honest. There's a joy in this process, church. I want to ask you again, where are you? Lastly, um, we never outgrow the gospel. Um, hear me, if you've heard nothing else this morning, hear me now, all right? This is it. The gospel interacts with us in each and every stage. See, we're transformed by the gospel at birth when, when God, through his work, through the gospel, we're sustained by the gospel in infancy. We are connected by the gospel in childhood. We are empowered by the gospel in adulthood. And we are agents of multiplication for the gospel in parenthood. Here's my point. Your maturity and your diet are linked. Amen? They're linked, and the gospel is both milk and meat. The gospel is both milk for the infant, meat for the adult. It's our relationship to the gospel that changes and that grows. You don't graduate from the gospel. Uh, in our text today, Paul looks back at this church who had mindsets of infants. He looks at them, he sees this, and he calls them back to the gospel. But I'm telling you, if this church was killing it, he wouldn't put down the gospel. His letters are full of him reminding people of the gospel. We start here, we end here. The gospel is what you need, irregardless of your stage of maturity. You'll never outgrow it. The question is, how do we better apply it? How do we better apply it? Um, this is Christian maturity. Being honest with where we are and taking the steps that we need to apply the gospel to every stage of our journey. Let me pray for us. God, we, um, we thank you. You are such a good God. We thank you that you've taken us from death to life. We thank you that you are a God who transforms us. And now, God, we, we pray that you open our eyes to not only who you are, but who we are in you, where we are in our faith and our, in our walk with you. And I just pray that right now for every person in this room that you give us eyes to see what our next step is in our growth and our maturity in you. For those here who, who need to learn how to feed, 
I pray that you would put people in, in, in their lives to help them grow, and I pray that you would help them let them in. For those here who need to connect, God, I just pray that you would, let, you would bring down some walls and allow them to extend the grace that they have been given. I pray for those in this room who are looking for places that they can serve and they can invest. I pray that you show them how they can do that. And I pray for those who are, who are in a discipleship relationship right now or need to be in one. God, we, we pray that you take every one of us from where we are right now and you give us clarity on how we can move and how we can grow. Not for our glory, but for yours. And we thank you that you're a God who chooses to, to speak to us, to grow us, and that you love us, and your love is unfailing. So we give you glory and praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand with me?